Footy is the great leveller, ladies and gents. What does that mean? It means that as we sit here at 3.30 on a Friday afternoon, we're all winners. Clubs are all going to win. Our tips are going to get nine. All of our bets will get up. But by Sunday night, we could all be losers. Your club could have lost. You could have lost all your money. You could have tipped zero to nine. That is why footy is the great leveller. But before then, we've got questions to answer. Are Frio the real deal? Are Jack Ginnivan and Kane Corns actually secret besties? Who should lose their AFL licence first, North or the Eagles? And most importantly, which games will we watch this weekend? Mm. With me to answer that question and much, much more is Free Lives resident AFL expert, super coach expert and Hawks tragic, Nikki G. How's your week in footy been, man? Yeah, not too bad. You'll be kind to me there. But uh, just, I'm just like everyone else looking forward to uh, a good weekend of footy ahead. But unfortunately, once again, it'll be impossible to watch all the games or most of the games because I think there's um, a record number of overlapping fixtures this week, which isn't too great. Um, but nonetheless, looking forward to it nonetheless. Ah, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a record being, what, two? Well, no. Two tonight, two Saturday night. And two Saturday afternoon, both at uh, one forty-five. Oh, yes. Yes, true. True, true, true. Well. Strange. It's not right. And hopefully, you know, by 2035, when Nikki G is the commissioner of the AFL, we will have all these problems sorted out. But until then, we'll just have to watch the Barnstormers and forget the rest. And to be fair, tonight's not a double up, Nico. Yeah. There's a must watch game on tonight, and I don't think it's North versus. No, No, you're you're right there. Um, Yeah, North, North, uh, they're actually, um, they'll probably be. secretly pleased that there is another game on Friday night because they wouldn't want the whole country watching them against Frio. But yes, the other game, Port Adelaide versus Western Bulldogs, that is my must-watch game, Gordo, for obvious reasons, but different reasons compared to last season when they were both in the top four. Um, This year, they've only combined for five wins in the opening seven rounds. So... Again, it's it's a replay of last year's preliminary final. I think Port Adelaide will want to make a big impact tonight, try and redeem themselves from that uh, massacre. And then um, also, I, I think this this is this will be counted as like a classic eight-pointer, I guess. Um, both teams looking to revive their season. Uh, the Bulldogs are three and four. I think a win could put them in the top eight if other results uh, go their way this round. Um while Port Adelaide, I think if they if they lose this one, they'll they'll fall behind in the in the race for that spot in the top eight even further. They'll fall two games behind the dogs, so um, they'll want to they'll want to close that gap, gap tonight, um, put them on on par with the Bulldogs and keep their season alive. So it's a it's a big game and a big result for for both teams going into the uh, match tonight at Adelaide Oval. Absolutely, and there's some big burning questions too, and I'll throw one to you now. So the Bulldogs have won their time in forward half by six minutes, almost seven minutes every game this year, but clearly they aren't near the top of the ladder. They aren't a top team at the moment. Who kicks the goals for the, for the Doggies and, and how do they go about it? It's a good question because, um, I, don't, I mean, my memory won't serve me well here, but last week uh, I don't believe they had one outright kicker, um, against the bombers but it was it was just a it was a mixture of a few players a lot of midfielders got involved uh, a lot of small forwards McNeil kicked three uh, Dunkley Wallace who's not playing tonight 
Waitman and McComb kick two each, and they're they're not the they're not the usual names for the Bulldogs. Like the, the, there's no Bont and Pally in that kicking multiple goals, and he won't be there tonight either. Um, so there's no one there that they really rely on. Um, but I guess you know if they if they're to win, I think it's a good way of going about it. They need to be unpredictable. They need the midfielders to step up. They need the small forwards to step step up. And yeah, they can't just keep kicking it to Norton because. I think Alira Lee will have a field day. Yeah, I 100% agree. And as much as everyone and the market suggests that this is in Port's favour being played at home, the Dogs have won their last three to Adelaide over by an average of 42 points. And they're only conceding 70 points a game. And Port Adelaide aren't exactly kicking kicking huge scores themselves. So, Mm. yeah, if you're looking for an upset, if you're looking for an early tip to get your weekend underway, I think the doggies are not a sure thing, not a safe thing, but definitely a reasonable, educated guess at how this result mm. might end up tonight. But are you? do you have any hopes for Port tonight? Do you have any hopes they can keep their season alive? Or are you leaning towards the dogs yourself? The, the, there's always hopes uh, when you're playing at home. So uh, I guess, yeah, Port Adelaide are on a bit of a run at the moment. They've won two on the trot. They head back home. They wouldn't want to lose this one in front of their fans again. We know about the start of the season they've had. But I think they did get a bit lucky last week against St Kilda. It has to be said. The Saints kicked themselves out of that one. Um, And, yeah, I think the Bulldogs probably have more weapons going forward. So, I don't know. It'll be be interesting. Obviously, the the prelim last year was very one-sided. So, it'll be interesting to see how much of the gap can close tonight. Um, but yeah, I think I'll be tipping the dogs as well in this one. Yeah. Dogs are mine. I think this is this is made for Bevo. He can just put on the mm. prelim funnel from last year, clip out the best bits and just say, we, we own this. We own this ground. We own this club. We own this ground. We're here to break hearts, kick goals, and then get out of dodge. And so I'll be tipping the dogs as well. Um, and uh, Ken Hinckley might be under the pump come Monday morning. That won't be the biggest upset of the week, though, Nico, because the one you've got circled here is, frankly, outrageous. Talk us through how you think the Saints yep. can knock off the undefeated, the new dynasty dining Melbourne <laughs> Demons. I don't care what sport it is, and I don't care how good of a team you are. It is impossible to keep those high standards up every single week, and that goes for Melbourne as well. Um, and I think we saw it a bit last week against the Hawks. They they got over the line, but they didn't kick a goal in the last quarter. Now, is that um, is that fatigue creeping in? Or uh, I mean, I, I think with with, with the D's, um, I, I think that they're seven and zero, so they can't really complain. But I think we still haven't seen their best footy this year, uh, which is remarkable. And they're going up against the Saints side, who I just mentioned probably deserved uh, to win last week. They they won clearances, they won contested footy, they won inside fifties. It was just the, the just the four goals from twenty two opposition uh, from twenty two scoring opportunities that that cost them the win. So that was a bit of bit of pill to swallow for them against Port Adelaide, and they'll be coming out firing against the D's this week at the MCG. It's a ground that. The Saints have only played it once this year, but they did win it by 69 points against Hawthorne. I think they've got that outside run, and I can't see them putting uh, together another kicking display like they did last week. They sh- they w- will want to come out and uh, improve that aspect of the game, and 
it, it's a danger game for Melbourne. It is. Uh, if they can, I mean, if they play their best footy, they'll obviously win. But it, it's a big question mark whether they can, you know, lift their standards up again for the eighth time in a row this season. Eight wins in a row is a lot, Gordo. So it'll be interesting to see that. That it is. That it is, but like you say, great teams can't keep their standards high all season long. But as you know, as a Liverpool supporter, great teams don't often lose at home. Mm. This is their fortress. This is the Demons' fortress. And yes, St Kilda has one at the MCG. And yes, you know, the AFL's different. Everyone shares grounds. Everyone plays the MCG more often than not. We understand all those nuances that are different. But this is the new juggernaut, is it not? This is a team that's going through the business, going through the early stages of a season like a Premier League juggernaut, just... You know, playing at 80%, ticking off the 4-0 wins and getting on with business. Do we think that St Kilda are in that echelon? So obviously we have clear standards, Melbourne, I say Brisbane, mm-hmm. then probably a big gap. Is St Kilda ready to bridge that gap? Are they ready to join the big four, the big five, play play Champions League if you would in our <laughs> next season come this time? I think they're capable of finishing in the top six this season. Um, yeah, so yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, whether they can bridge the gap. I, th- I still think they're a fair way off Melbourne in terms of, you know, going for a premiership. But I think, you know, in a one-off game in a home-and-away season, they are capable of getting a win against against Melbourne. I think, you know, especially in the AFL where the, the competition is so even, anyone can win on any given day. Um and I think St Kilda, are, you know, they're they're a, they're a side that's um, grown together for a few years now. They're uh, yeah, they're, they're, they can play good footy. We've seen how good um, of a team they can be when they're at their best. And you know, all it takes is Melbourne just to be off their game just slightly. If there's a bit of complacency or a bit of fatigue creeping in, St Kilda can punish them. They've got the weapons to do it. Um, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't write them off in this one so easily. Yeah, and some stats are in your favour here too. So the Saints are the most potent team inside 50 for scoring, not necessarily scoring goals, but for scoring in general. Whereas whilst we complain about the Saints straight kicking, Melbourne is actually the 17th worst accurate side when it comes to goal kicking this season, which is freaky because they are undefeated and they can't even kick straight. (laughs) So... We're all stuffed when they start to kick straight towards September. But for this game, as you said, huge door opening there for St Kilda. Big question though, Nico. Be honest with our listeners now. Who are you tipping? I'll probably still have to tip Melbourne. You can't not tip Melbourne because they are obviously the favourites for a reason. But I'm just saying there is possibility there for an upset. Absolutely agree. Here is another upset, apparently, according to the bookmakers. And I never like to say the bookmakers get it wrong because they know how to take your money better than anyone else. And they set the lines. But Richmond versus Collingwood. And Collingwood are the outsiders. But Collingwood are in eighth. Richmond in ninth. And Richmond did not show much so far this season other than being up on a waffle side that continues to be scourged by injuries and COVID. So coming into this, I think Collingwood has the hot hand. Why aren't they favourites in this game, Nicky? Mm, I still think Richmond. They, they, Richmond still have the premiership um, caliber players. They've got Dustin Martin returning, Gordo. If that doesn't tell you that Richmond will win, just I mean that he, his inclusion alone will lift the whole spirit of the group. Again, like you said, they're coming off a 100 plus point win last week against uh, against the Eagles. So I think. Um, yeah, I think Richmond, although they're, they're not the, the premiership side that they were a few years ago, um, they're still capable of um, 
putting in good displays, especially at the MCG. And I am still not 100% sold on Collingwood as a finished product, if you will, or a finals contender, if you will. Um, yeah, so going up against, yeah, Richmond side, I guess, uh, who I'd still have um, ahead of Collingwood at the moment. Um, yeah, I'd rather tip Richmond in this one. We'll be back after a quick break. As you said, like as much as Richmond isn't the Richmond of old, they still are based on the Richmond of old. So they love intercept possessions mm-hmm. and Collingwood to give them that. Their kicking efficiency is ranked last this year. They're 5% below the AFL average and that will give plenty of rebound run for the, uh, for the Tigers to do what they do best. And as we saw Jaden Short last week moving to the midfield, he'll probably go back now into defence with uh, Dusty coming back in, but that gives him more opportunity to just run and gun off the half-back flank and, and set up some great attacking plays. So... I'll be tipping Richmond as well, but I just think uh, perhaps, you know, it might be a little bit tighter uh, than what most people expect. Um, But a great game and, you know, good to see that, you know, at least these two clubs are on even keel so we can see a good game, if not both at the top of the ladder. But two teams that are potentially going to work their way up the ladder, the Giants and Geelong, and I agree with you on this one, mate. This is a tricky one to pick because when Geelong lose one at home, they don't often lose two in a row, but the Giants have Toby Green back. And when Toby Green's back in form for the Orange, they seem mm. to just get up and about at home on a cold, wet night at Manuka. Yeah. What's your yeah. read in this situation? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, like you said, the, the Giants are coming off, obviously, their best performance of the season. So um, they head back home to Manuka. Oh, well, not home. Um, I guess Canberra, if you will. Um, against the Geelong side who, again, haven't shown their best footy for a while, I feel. Um, so I think, I think the Giants will take a lot of confidence uh, into this game um, off the back of their massive win in Adelaide last week. Uh, their best players played some of their best footy, Josh Kelly, Toby Green. And they match up quite well against the Cats historically. You know, if you take away that semi-final defeat last year, um, which was played at Optus Stadium. Uh, the the Giants have won the last three outings um, against the Cats, two of which were at GMHBA Stadium. And if you look at the inclusions and um, the omissions as well uh, for this game, the Cats lose Selwood, Higgins and Dalhouse and only regained Dangerfield. So they're on demand. They're, this is a bit of a younger Geelong side that's going to have to travel and... Yeah, going up against a, uh, a giant side that um, are full of confidence at the moment, you'll have to say, uh, I, wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel comfortable tipping Geelong, although they are the favourites. Mm. It it's it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a Saturday morning and read for mine because 
you can't trust the Giants on the back of one performance. The start of the season, I don't understand. If this was basketball, I understand how one player makes a huge difference. Only five yep. players on the court. There's 18 people on the field. You had one bloke who stands at one end of the ground and literally he'll touch the ball 20 times a game. There's 300-plus possessions. How does Toby Green make so much difference to this team? Because if it's vibe, if it's just energy, then you can get that elsewhere. So I don't, I don't understand. But the fact is he'll be mm. there against a weekend Geelong side on the road with their tail between their legs after getting done at their own game by the Dockers. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably leading here to the Giants. And, you know, then you can just imagine Monday morning. Then it's, you know, cats are done. Scott's under the pump. He's on 360 getting grilled by Robbo. Hawthorne <laughs> fans are licking their lips. They've killed another Geelong coach. Um, yeah, it could all happen here. But And then Leon Cameron gets away with it. You know, Three weeks ago, he was the dead man walking, and now he might be finals bound. So it is a crazy, crazy sport that we follow in the AFL and uh, the week-to-week amnesia uh, robots that seem to happen there in the uh, media world seem to write their own stories. But I look forward to reading them on Monday. Yeah. Just like we look forward to hearing what Dario, uh, number one, confirmed number one superfan, has to say for us. And this week, not only just his own segment, he has his own game. So I'll give it to Dario to prelude our final upset alert, Bombers versus Hawthorne. Nico, Judas, Dario from Bucks and Ashburn here. I just thought I'd give you another episode of Dario's Digest, giving you something to digest every single week. Just a quick and easy one today. If Essendon lose to Hawthorne this weekend, should Essendon start looking elsewhere for a coach or pull through and give him a bit more time? Take care, guys. Speak to you on Monday. So obviously the key message there from Dario is that if the Bombers lose this, is it time to go searching for a new coach? But as a Hawks fan, you're in the uncomfortable position of being favourites for the yeah. first time in a very, very long time. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think the Hawks will have a favourite handle how do you think the Hawks will handle favoritism um, as opposed to being the underdogs? Yeah, it's it's a big question mark. Don't know. Yeah, it's been a while, like you said, since we are. Yeah, since we went into a game favorites, and I, I don't know if I'm that comfortable against Essendon at Marvel Stadium. If it was at the MCG, maybe, but yeah, Marvel, I wouldn't be too confident. And I think we're being like Essendon haven't been great this year. It, it's obvious. Um, that's a reality, but. I think their, their draw hasn't helped them either. They've had a tough start to the year. And, um, yeah, I, I think I think they're a better side than what their 1-6 their, um, their record shows. And going up against Hawthorne, they'll be licking their lips. This, this is a game that can really turn their season around. Um, they'll see this as a game that they can win. Um, and, Obviously, you know, they're two arch rivals. So um, if there's any game for Essendon to turn this around, it is against Hawthorne. But, um, yeah, like Sam Mitchell touched on at the start of the week, um, Hawthorne just have to do the hunting and not be the hunted. They can't get caught up too much in the favouritism part of the game. They just need to play that style that's, you know, served them quite well in the opening uh, seven rounds, albeit they have been a tad inconsistent. But... um, yeah, oh, this is a genuine 50-50. It could go either way. And like, just to touch on Dario's comments, if Essendon do uh, lose this match, no doubt will there be pressure on, um, a bit more pressure on the coach, uh, Ben Rudden. But 
Um, I'm not sure if they'll sack him straight away. I think this is one of those things that they'll have to wait till the end of the season to do. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting. There'll, there'll no doubt be a lot more pressure on them if they don't come away with the four points here because their upcoming three games, Gordy, you might have to help me on this one, but it is before they're by, they've got three tough fixtures coming up. Sydney next week at the SCG. Richmond, I think, uh, the week after at the mm-hmm. MCG. And Port Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval. So if Essendon don't win this, they could go into the bye. Uh, what's that? One and nine or one and ten? Mm. Yeah. yeah. You go so, into the bye under the pump. Yeah. And then you look afterwards, like, yeah, they get the Eagles round 15, two weeks after the bye. You yeah. say Gold Coast round 18, winnable game. North round 20. And that's it for the year. And the Essendon Football Club that was meant to be finishing in finals yeah. could finish the year with three or four wins. Yeah. It yeah, doesn't look good. does not look good. It does not read well. And yes, yeah. as we've seen before in the past for other reasons, the, when the Essendon Football Club's under the pump, the media loves to just try and ram it down their throats. So I, I feel for all the Essendon fans out there because you're a, you're a storied and, and proud club and as much as you know, you might want to get into the bit, fisty cuff with the Hawthorne Football Club. You know, you, it's it's a better league, I think, when the Bombers are up and about, as we've seen in the past in the early 2000s, the late mm. 90s. But um, unfortunately, it's been a long, long time since that's been the case. But you're still nervous, which, you know, is it's very unusual to see you just so <laughs> nervous about a Hawthorne victory, which you, you, you think probably is inevitable. You never, you never like losing to the arch nemesis, so... I don't know, and I have no right to go into a game super confident. We all know where Hawthorne's at this year. Um, but, yeah, if, if Essendon don't win, they can't use that fixture as an excuse anymore. This is a game they have to win. This is They're meant to be better than Hawthorne, so I'll still put the pressure on them to win. Um, they're, they're still the favourites in my eyes, despite the starts of the year they've had. So, I don't know. It'll, it'll be a very intriguing game to watch on Saturday night, that's for sure. You should definitely take up coaching, Nicky, because uh, that's that is coach speak. Where where where's Hawthorne and Essendon at? Well, Essendon's on one win. Hawthorne's on three. They went on the week and they go to four. All of a sudden, they're sixteen points above Essendon on the ladder, and uh, mm. you know, I would love that's, that. That's that tells the ta- the tale of the tape. You know, you could be in the eight. You could be sneaking into the eight, Hawthorne. True. So uh, that will tell you exactly where you're at. Yep. Where I'm at, though, is in desperate need of super coach tips because the injury crisis of last week has left me reeling with only just the two. Should I use my boost, trade boost, this early in the season? I don't know, but luckily you do as the super coach expert, so talk us through the weekend ahead. Oh, God, I've already used two boosts, so I recommend jumping on it now for sure. Um, I was in the same boat as you. It's time to start upgrading your team. You've got to start bringing in the big boys, um, a few, a few cash cows have stopped rising in price, so get rid of them. Bring in some uh, big primos, and one of those primos that I'll be looking at this week is Took Miller, because after four subpar performances by his standards, uh, Took returned to his best last week with 160 points after he gathered 36 touches and two goals against Collingwood. Um, he's, he's, he's fallen a bit in price, 85K, um, he's got a break-even of 85 as well, so he, he'll start increasing in price again. So if 
you're looking for some value, you've got to jump on Took Miller. He's an absolute gun. Um, he'll score you consistent centuries every single week, and he'll help you through that injury crisis, Gordo. Absolutely, he will, and I'll be doing that straight away. But before I do that, it's time to put our house on some picks. We're getting into some pretty fine form recently. Yep. And uh, I'm going to jump in here because I need a little bit of time to explain some of my tips here. So my prop bet, I'm leaning towards Ruckman, which is difficult <laughs> in the disposals market. But I think Geelong, frankly, hasn't had a Ruck for five years. Yep. Just haven't yeah. needed one. Braden Proust, one of the best big men in the competition and probably second to Toby Green in terms mm. of how much he can influence the Giants' performance and outcomes. So I've got him for 15-plus disposals. Yes, he's more of a hit-out span, but I think against no one in Geelong, mm. he might be able to sneak out of the middle, definitely go forward, clunk a few. So I think he's good for 15 at $2.30. Not that we care about the odds, but they're just there if you're interested. And my tip or my pick is slightly complicated, so... Bear with me on this one. I've got Carlton to lead at halftime and to win against Adelaide, but Adelaide to win the second half. So Carlton, great first half operators. They rely on dominance in the midfield and a very physical um, team, but that's very taxing and they seem to not be able to run out games and it just seems to be their strategy. They're okay with that. Adelaide, they kind of rope a dope. They kind of suck and absorb everything that you're doing to them in the first half and they try and replicate and repel that in the second half. So Carlton in the second half are ranked on average for the third quarter and fourth quarter, mm-hmm. 15th in the league. Adelaide are ranked fifth. So I can see a comeback on the cards for the Crows late on a Sunday afternoon, but the Blues will still scrape by with a win. That's paying $7 if you're interested in that sort of thing. But what are your houses getting wagered against this week, Nico? I like that, Gordo. Mine aren't as uh, complicated as that. I haven't done as much research as you, Um as always, but Dusty, I've got for two goals. That's my prop, um, at least two goals. I'm a believer in footy spirits and footy vibes and footy energies. And, you know, we know what Dusty's been through this year. So he's coming back against Collingwood in a big game at the MCG in front of a big crowd. I've got him down for at least two goals. It's going to happen. Put your money on it. Put your house on it. And my pick... Well, this is probably the most obvious one of the rounds. West Coast can barely feel the side. I kind of feel a bit sorry for them. Um, I don't think this game should go ahead. But anyway, they're they're travelling to Brisbane uh, with a waffle side. We know how good Brisbane are as a team, um, and especially when they're playing at the Gabba. So, I, I, I mean, I'd have this one down as at least 100 points. But if you want to put money on it, be a bit safer and go for... Uh, 10 goals plus. There you go. Some investment tips there from Nicky did around out the episode. If you want our full tips of the weekend, head to the Footy Live app. Potentially you're already in there listening to us there right now, but they're all in the, in the articles. Follow all the action across the weekend. If you want to get involved like Dario, superfan number one, uh, <laughs> send us through some uh, some of your sound bites. You can do it via Twitter, via Facebook. You can hit up our emails. Um, just search for Footy Live or Sportsmate on all the various podcasts and social media platforms. Thank you as always, Nikki G, for your fandom and for your expertise. And we'll chat to you all on Monday. <laughs>